You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. This podcast is made possible by the Made in Oklahoma program, created for Oklahoma's entrepreneurs. Their free-to-join program focuses on economic growth and development for the small businesses who grow, process, or manufacture a good within Oklahoma. Retail stores who sell Made in Oklahoma products can also benefit from their program. Above all, they encourage you to support and shop local wherever possible. Find them on Facebook and visit their website at www.madeinoklahoma.net to learn more. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike and here, your host, back with another episode coming to you from Woodward, Oklahoma today. My guest is Rachel Scott from Southern Root Sisters. You can go to the website, southernrootsisters.com. I'll put that in the description as well. So while you're listening, you can go and check out their awesome products. Rachel, thanks for joining me today. Uh, thank you. I mean, obviously, it is spring break, so I really appreciate your time. Um, sorry, we can't do this in person, but the good thing about technology is that we can meet face to face via Zoom. Um, before we dive into all the products and what you do, tell me a little bit about you, where you grew up, and kind of why you know why you live where you live. Well, thank you for having me. Um, my name is Rachel, and I grew up in Texas. Um, I was born and raised in Midland, Texas, and then moved over to Longview, Texas and went to college at Texas Tech. And um, I married my husband after college and he was transferred over here to Woodward, Oklahoma. Um, so I have always made jam with my parents, my grandparents. And uh, when we moved on over to Oklahoma, we found out that um, making and selling jam from your home is actually illegal over here. <laughs> So that was that was news to me, um, and that's sort of how I got started uh, making the business. It had always been something I had done, you know, with the abundance of whatever garden, uh, you know, the bounty that we have. We would just make make jam and then and then sell, you know, some extras. And so when I moved to Oklahoma um, to Woodward, Oklahoma is where we live now. Um, that's how we got started. Well, we can't sell the jam anymore unless we legit have a business and insurance and make it in a commercial kitchen and everything. So that's kind of how we got started. Yeah. Kind of, I mean, that's kind of thrown in the deep end, which was kind of a nice thing, right? It's like, Oh, we have to make this legit now. Otherwise I can't do it anymore. Uh, right. but I guess it's, you know, when I speak to entrepreneurs, there's always something entrepreneurs the people who sell products and make products. There's always something that switches them from doing it from a hobby to doing it as a business. And there's so many different variant reasons. Right. And there's, you know, like your reason you're like, I kind of had to, <laughs> which right, is amazing. exactly. Uh, uh, so, so growing up, um, in Texas, uh, people listening to this might be booing you, but also people are cheering because you're now living in Oklahoma. So that's fine. You made the right choice. Yeah. So, uh, so, so growing up, like, do you, do you just start making jam with like, you know, one, one day you're just at grandparents' house or mom's house and you just think, you know, Hey, come do this in the kitchen. Like, how does it come about? Well, all the women in my family are big gardeners and canners. Um, my mom was a peanut farmer growing up, and both sets of grandparents uh, live on farms and, and ranches. And so um, it's just something that's always been done. Um, as far as the pepper jelly, that's that's what I got started. Um, that's the first three flavors I made over here in Oklahoma to sell. 
I didn't start making that until I was in college. Our neighbor, um, Pokey and Jay are their names. Her sister had been at the house and was making pepper jelly. And we had always, my mom and I had always made all sorts of jams, but we had never made a pepper jelly. In fact, I had never even heard of it. Um, and uh, she had brought over some pepper jelly for us to try and I loved it. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is delicious, but I bet we could make it better if we put some fruit in it. Um, and so I, I had Googled it and it turns out there's hundreds of recipes for, um, for pepper jelly with fruit in it. And so my mom and I started experimenting um, with, with raspberry pepper jelly was our first one that we had ever made. And, um, and so that's sort of how we, we got started or I started experimenting with it more, you know, later on by myself. And, and, uh, and then I came out with the strawberry pepper jam, peach pepper jam, and then the raspberry chipotle were my first three flavors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, I guess why the jam then? Like why not any, why not peanut butter or anything else when you have family that's in that, you know, scene? So actually in Oklahoma, you have to get something, um, Oh gosh, what's it called? I can't even think of it right now. A certificate of author, something. I, I I don't know. I'll have to I'll have to think of it later. But there's it's expensive. It's it's um you have to have it tested because of the pH. Jam is really hard to mess up. There's so much sugar in it, um, and a lot of that fruit has a high acidity rate anyway. Um, so jam is is very easy to make. It's pretty foolproof. Um, if you anytime you start mixing things like um, anything's acidified like tomatoes or pickles, salsa, corn relish, beans, anything like that. Uh, you have to have it tested and it's a whole process, oh, process of authority. That's what it's called. Um, you have, it has to go through a whole process. It's very expensive and, um, the risk is greater. So, uh, I am, I am actually working on a chow chow right now and that's going to be coming out in the next couple of months, but it's got to go through all the testing process first. Yeah, there's a lot of red tape, isn't it, around mm-hmm. you know, right. food products, and obviously, rightly so. Um, you know, the last thing we want is some random product coming on the shelf that hasn't been Definitely. checked. Definitely. Uh, so, what what was it like for you when you when you moved up to Woodward? Like, what was your I guess experience when you know moving from Texas and being in college and at tech and you know mm-hmm. and all these places, and you know you moved to Woodward and right, there's, there's not a lot there. No. <laughs> Um, so my honest answer to that is when I found out that, um, I was moving to Oklahoma, I was devastated. Um, I had never lived outside of Texas. You know, there's a real rivalry, even though they're sort of like brothers, you know, Texas and Oklahoma. Um, you know, I had a lot of flack from friends and family like, Oh no, you're going to be an Okie now, you know? And, um, and I had never heard of Woodward, Oklahoma before my husband had gotten a call and, um, he'd been, we were living in Amarillo and, um, and then they moved us a little bit outside of Amarillo into Borger, Texas, uh, which is a tiny, tiny town. Um, but at least we were, you know, within 30 minutes of a large town and they said, you're moving to Woodward, Oklahoma. And, uh, I thought, well, that can't be so bad. Um, and I came up here and I realized <laughs> we're two and a half hours from the nearest airport, you know, we're two and a half hours from the nearest target. Uh, we're an hour and a half from the nearest Chick-fil-A. So it's definitely, the smallest, um, most rural town I've ever lived in, but, um, it has now become one of my favorite places that I've ever lived. I am on the board for our uh, main street committee here, and I'm really, really involved with all the businesses and the people here. And I absolutely love it. Um, we've done a lot of fun things while we're here. I've 
we've met some of our very best friends while we're here. So I definitely wouldn't change it. Yeah. It's home now, right? Yes. And uh, I guess recently you guys, I mean, obviously the state kind of got a lot of snow, but you guys had a bit of snow, didn't you? Towards, was it at the start of the year or towards the end of last year? Um, we had a lot of snow. Gosh, I couldn't even tell you. I, I know that we got 10 inches yeah. the, like back in October. And then we had another, it was either eight or 10 inches just about a month ago, back when, you know, the, the big freeze happened. Yeah, it was, it was really crazy. It's, it's like, I always tell people it's Alaska out here. You know, it, it was negative 14. The wind chill was like negative 29. I mean, it, it's completely different than Texas for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> That's, yeah. At, at that point you're like, why did we come here again? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then like, I mean, they had, they had snow down at, in Midlands too. Right. So yes. yes. it's okay. Uh, yeah. so, so tell me about, um, the jam stuff then tell me like, like your process, why you pick the flavors you do and what they mean to you as well. So originally when I first started, I, I thought, well, I'm just going to specialize in pepper jelly. That will be my thing. I thought, you know, Heinz ketchup does Heinz ketchup really well. And, you know, I don't need to do anything more than that. Um, but then I, so when I first had my jams, I was just wholesaling to a couple of stores, um, nothing big. And I ended up um, joining the Dallas market. So I'm, I'm going down to Dallas. I was in the Dallas market and I only have three flavors and everyone else who was there had quite a few selections of, you know, what they were selling. And then, um, I thought, well, that's okay. I'll just, you know, keep my three flavors. But then I had a lot of requests. Um, do you have this? Do you have this? Uh, can you do this? We really would like this. And so I thought, okay, well I'll start expanding. Well, then I had, um, some requests for jams that weren't hot. Um, and so I, I came out with the apple butter the strawberry lemonade jam and the triple berry jam. And I, I love that the apple butter is really popular. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love being able to give people, you know, more options. And I'm actually, I'm next week, I'm coming out with three new flavors, a, a peach honey butter made with Oklahoma honey and a maple pumpkin butter made with Vermont organic maple syrup and a cherry pepper jam. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm still expanding. Um, and I'm actually going to come out with, like I said earlier, the chow chow, but I'm coming out with three new cookie mixes and those will be out in June. So I'm, I'm very excited about those. Yeah. I'm expanding from jam. I'm step, I'm, I'm stepping yeah. out. <laughs> and the, but like the butter, like to itself, or when, when you people think of butter, like I obviously think of the yellow stuff you put on toast, mm -hmm. but I remember the first time I think I'd gone to a store and I had like cookie butter. I'm like, mm -hmm. what is this? <laughs> yeah. you know? And I'm just like, oh, this, okay, this is going to put at least 15 pounds on me because I need right. to stay away from it. For um, sure. But I assume the apple is kind of the same, right? It's just flavored and it's the same texture. And it's, it, I mean, yeah, I, I can't wait it's, to try it. It's almost like a gourmet applesauce. Okay. Um, so all butters actually don't have any butter in them at all. They're vegan by, by like by nature. That's, yeah. it's just a blend. It's a texture of the spread is sort of like a butter. So, yeah, yeah it's, uh, I mean, there, there is endless possibilities, right? With flavors. Sure. I love like fruit myself. Like I'm a big kind of, like you mentioned triple berry and I like, was like, ding, that would be great for me. Cause I'm kind of big fan of, you know, all the, the berry flavors for sure. But, um, so, so when you basically, you move to Woodward, you're doing this stuff and then you kind of figure out, you're like, oh, like we have to make this a business now. 
that's obviously a total different mindset, right? You know, you've gone from just making it casually to then, you know, whatever you have left over, you kind of sell off to friends and make a little side money. How was that shift for you to think, I need a business plan. I need to do this. Like, tell me about that. So when I first started making it here, um, I went around town and I just asked business owners, Hey, do you have a kitchen that you're not using maybe on a certain day or, um, you know, a certain time of day that, that you would let me rent your kitchen for a few hours, you know, every week. And it took me a very long time to find someone to agree to let me into their kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I finally found one in the health food store. So I had the, I was renting the commercial kitchen and I was working there on Saturdays and I would take 12 hours to go up there and I would make 130 jars and I was on my feet the whole time and it was killing me. My back was hurting, um, you know, but I would get a full day's worth. And then I thought, okay, well, this will be good for a month. And I did that a few times and I would sell out by the following Wednesday. Um, and then I couldn't keep up doing that with my kids, you know, just, I just couldn't do it. Um, so I started looking into getting a co-packer, which I had never even heard of a co-packer before. Uh-huh. And um, the guy at the health department was the one who had told me, you know, I really think you'd benefit from a co-packer. They, they can make so much more jam for you. And I, and I, at first I was really worried, well, is it going to taste like mine? You know, are they going to use the exact same things? Are they going to do exactly what I want them to do? And he told me to do some research and um, finally I asked around to a few people and, and they pointed me in the direction of um, over the fence farms. And when I met Jerry and Linda, I immediately liked them both. Um, and they both reassured me, you know, Hey, we're going to make it like you say, we're going to do it like you like it. Um, you tell us what to do and that's what we're going to do. And, and it's been a really great relationship. So that's that's really cool so so with the help of them then obviously that it helps you increase production and takes the stress off you and and all the rest of it how with obviously you know being the co-packer and making sure that everything is right that's it's just a risk you have to take right essential risk that you know it's okay we're gonna have to figure this out and i'm sure we have a loyal fan base that's you know that you could look guys like this business problems are expanding this is a good thing you know happy to figure it out if it it doesn't up to your you know meet your standards from by doing it yourself but right. um, that's i guess one of the things right when you go from making bigger batches you have all the other ingredients and it's, you've got to do that <laughs> research to figure it out so exactly well and, and so canning is very specific you can't just double the batch you have to start over it's one batch after another after another after another because your pan has to be so wide so that everything gets heated at the same time um, at the same temperature. And so one batch for her, just one batch for her is 120 jars and she can spit that out pretty quickly. So it's, it's way more beneficial to allow her to focus on cooking it and me focus on coming up with new recipes and selling it. Right. What was there any recipes that that just kind of naturally were easy to, to make being bigger batches and some that kind of stood out that were a bit more of a challenge? So the apple butter, according to her, the apple butter is, um, it's not the most difficult, but it's the most time consuming because we let it cook for a really long time. And there's, there's, um, you know, things like apple cider in it that have to cook down and concentrate those flavors that are in there. So that one is probably the most tedious. Um, but then there's others like the raspberry chipotle, um, or really all of the pepper jams are, are pretty easy to make. So 
Yeah. Do you have uh, Do you have one that that or obviously you have flavors coming out soon? You know, so so that you're obviously expanding and, and always researching and more but are there any flavors that kind of probably just that you just keep to yourself that you're like this is for me like i'll take to the size more often or the or they're so like just different that you you know you haven't put them out there yet because the market's not there yet right so i really like to mix things um that's you know the like the triple berry is is fun because it's three different berries in there i love there's a strawberry apricot jam that i do that I love. I, I think it's just delicious. And then, um, you know, fig is pretty traditional, but my, my mama, she makes it with, with sliced lemons in there. So it candies the lemons. Yeah. Um, it's very delicious, but I just don't think, um, like you said, I don't think the market's ready for it. You know, I, I'm 35 years old and you would be shocked how many people my age that I run into at these shows that have never heard of pepper jelly. They're like, oh, my, my grandmother makes that or, you know, something like that. Um, they had never heard of it. Now, with the recurring uh, or with the resurgence of the popularity of these charcuterie boards, now people my age are, are pouring it over, you know, cheese and, and using it with crackers and, and that sort of thing again. So it, it's, it's becoming more popular. But um, it, it was really surprising when I, when I first started out how many people my age had never, they've just never canned in their life. Or when I would say, pepper jelly they think like cracked black pepper they're not thinking jalapeno pepper yeah uh so for everyone listening tell us a little bit about kind of the backstory between the logo the company name and just the reason behind you know those two things so the logo is my my grandparents my mama and papa they live on the double 40 ranch in tyler texas and they have a tree that's right next to their house that my sister and I, you know, grew up playing under that tree. It's a massive tree. My aunt got married under that tree. And then later on, my sister got married under that tree. Um, and it's just a big, beautiful tree. It's a huge shade tree and it's, it's out there by their white fence. Um, and so that is actually my logo is, is a, is a live oak tree with a fence running behind it. And um, the name came from when my sister and I, um, first started talking about, Hey, maybe we could make some jam and sell it, you know, professionally. Um, she came up with the idea because at that time, you know, I had moved over here to Oklahoma and in my heart, I said, you know, I'm always going to be a Texan. I'm always going to be from the South. And, and she said, Hey, Southern roots sisters, it's perfect. And I thought, yes, it is. And so <laughs> that's how she, uh, she came up with the name. Yeah. One thing I, I, you know, I, I go on the website, I'm looking at, at just the store locations. And I mean, the great thing is there's a lot. I mean, you got, you're in Arkansas, California, Florida, some mm -hmm. place I can't even name, uh, LA, you know, this is really, this is really impressive. Like, I, I didn't expect such a long list. This obviously Texas, a lot of places in Texas. Mm -hmm. How has that been? And I guess what is the process and what's, you know, I guess the key factor for you being in so many stores? Like how does, you know, you don't go from just having one to the, mm -hmm. how, how's that been and how has that worked? Well, something really exciting is I'm, I'm, just got an order in for Australia. So I'm fixing to start exporting over there. So yeah. I'm very excited about that to grow, uh, not just nationally, but globally. Um, so the, I first started getting into new states when I joined the, the Trade Center, the World Trade Center. Mm -hmm. Lots of stores come there. There's four big ones in the US. There's Vegas, New York, Dallas, um, and Atlanta. 
And so people come from all over, you know, and, and those are mostly independent stores or small chains. When I had my first distributor, he was the one that started getting me into the bigger grocery stores like, you know, Homelands and Buy for Less and Uptown Grocers and Reesers and all of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got another distributor and they do um, they do the entire United States. And that's that's Kahee. And they're the ones who helped me get into those bigger stores. It's very, it was really eye opening for me. I didn't know, um, you know, going into this, I thought, well, I'll just, I'll just call this store manager at this, you know, United and I'll say, I want to get in. And that's not even close to how you get into a store. And people tell me all the time, Oh, you would be great for this store up here. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's like jumping through 25 hoops to get from A to Z. You can't just, you know, just call the store manager. That's not how it works. <laughs> and you have to send them a test batch. And if they don't like oh, yeah. it, I mean, it's, it's a very, very long process. I'm right. sure. If but, you can get them to open the test batch, a lot of times, you know, these people, that's all they do is they sit in their office with packages coming on a daily basis. Hey, try my product. And they're like, no. <laughs> so. uh, Got too much time. I don't, yeah. yeah, too much bother. Yeah. Not enough time. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's that's a high stress job. I don't think I'd want. I mean, it'd be great to have a bunch of products sent to you, but at the same time, right. like I, you know, it's people are depending on you trying it, and that's a lot right. of too. Uh, well, that's awesome. What so so obviously back to present day. You got new flavors coming out soon. Uh, I'm you know with the pandemic and everything, it hasn't been easy for a lot of people. It mm-hmm. seems like you guys have navigated that pretty well, especially with, you know, being able to still produce, you know, the products and stuff like that. Uh, what is kind of like the plan now? This has obviously gone from just becoming, you know, fun thing that your family has always done to something that, you know, is a business now. Right. And it's, you know, you, you get to a point where you're like, Oh, I have to like file a tax return now. Like it's oh, making yeah. enough money, which is super exciting. But what I guess is your vision for, for the end of the year and then, you know, plans for the future. So I would love to continue to expand. When I first started doing this, I really saw myself as more of a fourth quarter item. I really thought, you know, because at the time, charcuterie boards and everything weren't, they, those weren't really a thing. Um, you know, you would bring it out at, at occasional get togethers, like a shower or something. But for the most part, mostly people were bringing this out around the holidays. You know, everybody at Thanksgiving football, tailgate, Christmas, everybody's doing pepper jelly and cream cheese and crackers. And that's sort of where I saw myself um, when I first started back in 2018. As I continued to grow, and especially last year, um, things really shifted um, more to my online store. And um, I ended up changing website platforms. I ended up moving over to Shopify which was really great and, and really helped me expand um, my audience. Um, but, but that's what I would say my, my goal for 2021 is to continue to grow and you know, my first, second and third quarter of the year, which I was really surprised last year, you know, everything kind of shut down. It shut down, my co-cracker shut down, we shut down. It just, everybody kind of went into hibernation, you know, hiding mode. But then after everybody, you know, kind of started, accepting, you know, Hey, we're going to be here for a while. My online sales started just exploding. Um, and a lot of my stores they they were seeing the same thing. My grocery stores, the grocery stores were, were going crazy. Now the mom and pop stores were not doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I want to continue to expand into more grocery stores. I want to continue to, um, to continue to add new things, especially to the website, um, and just continue to grow. Yeah. That's exciting. Super exciting. 
So, so tell me, obviously you go to a lot of store, go to a lot of competitions or, or farmers markets and stuff like that. Um, has there been any, you know, awards and stuff like that that have popped up that, you know, just highlights of, of, of the, the company so far? So the peach pepper jam won gourmet gold two years ago at the Dallas market in the yeah. gourmet, um, the gourmet competition. And that was really exciting. It's, it actually won on pork tenderloin. So, uh, pepper jellies are most known for cheese and crackers, but my favorite way to do them is over meats. I love using them like a, as a ham glaze yeah. on pork tenderloin, on chickens, um, really any, any type of meat. That's my favorite way to have it. That's my best seller is a peach. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have thought of that. Uh, well, Rachel, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, love the product, love what you do, love the story behind it. Cause you know, it, it's just kind of happened, right? It's something that you just did naturally. And then one day someone in Oklahoma says, not allowed to do that. You can't do <laughs> that without a license. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, get a piece of paper, then you can do it. Right. So, um, for everyone listening, where can they follow you, get in touch and stuff like that? So I'm on Facebook, Southern Roots Sisters, and same thing on Instagram. It's just at Southern Roots Sisters. And of course, the website is southernrootsisters.com. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. For everyone listening, I'll put those links down in the description below so you can go right to them, click and go buy yourself some of this awesome jam, jelly and butter and, and obviously keep an eye out for new products. But um, yeah, thanks so much. We'll catch you next episode. Cheers. This podcast is made possible by the Made in Oklahoma program, created for Oklahoma's entrepreneurs. Their free-to-join program focuses on economic growth and development for the small businesses who grow, process, or manufacture a good within Oklahoma. Retail stores who sell Made in Oklahoma products can also benefit from their program. Above all, they encourage you to support and shop local wherever possible. Find them on Facebook and visit their website at www.madeinoklahoma.net to learn more. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.